Hey guys, this is Joe. I play hockey and I fornicate because those are the two most fun things to do in cold weather. What's up, guys? It's Eric. I don't care how fast a skater you are. If you don't play this game with a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net, you don't got dinky do. Come on, guys! Do it! In mystery Alaska. I play hockey and I sleep around because it's the two most fun things in cold weather. There's more than one way to score. Nothing else is good for morale. From David E. Kelly, the creator of Ally McBeal and The Practice. Mystery Alaska. How about a quick romp? Directed by Jay Roach. Rated R. Starts October 1st. You're listening to Worth the Leafy, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not bad, Eric. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I We were talking before we recorded started recording, but... Uh, that quote that I used is maybe my favorite Mike Myers quote from any movie, which is saying a lot because he's only in like, he probably has a minute and a half of screen time in this, in this one. Um, but <laughs> I love that quote. It's, it's, and it's, it's so good. And Mike Myers being a huge hockey fan, it, I'm glad he got to have a piece of this movie. So, <clears throat> so what else, what else is new? Anything, anything good? Well, was, this movie is perfect timing. You look at like the aging captain and like the theme of this movie, and I'm sure you, you like. I, I know the news with, with Chara leaving, yep, leaving yep. Boston. So it's. I I was texting a friend of mine about it. So we're we're not going to talk too much about Boston stuff because I know if you're not from here, it's it's boring. But Sedano Chara is signing with another team, and it's good because the Bruins need to have room on that left side for some younger players, but. I said I was talking. I was texting with a friend of mine about it, and I said Zidane Chara might go down as the most underrated and underappreciated, like leader and maybe athlete in in Boston sports history. And because he had such a rough, he people like him, but people always compare him to the who are the two captains before him that are not one of them wasn't a captain, but he's not Bobby Orr and he's not Ray Bork, so people are you know are hard on him and stuff. But you know, best of luck to to him in Washington, one of the, one of the greatest, you know, Bruins of all time, his number will be in the rafters without a doubt within a few years. So yeah. Yeah. It's, hopefully it's a, he's able to play the guy <clears throat> one more time with the national fan, with the actual audience there at some point before he retires. Yeah. yeah we'll no, for sure. Yeah. So um, other than that, are you watching anything good? So I actually finished right before the, right before the holiday, I finished up Dash and Lily. I don't know if I mentioned that last time. The I don't Netflix series. That. It's really good, really charming series that was actually written by the authors who wrote Nick Nor's Infinite Playlist. I love that so movie. If you like that movie, Dash and Lily's eight episodes, and it's a one done deal. And it has like a lot of like those the fast banter and the really good dialogue between Okay. So it's all takes place around the holidays. But yeah, really, really enjoyable, heartwarming, charming series on Netflix. Nice, nice. That's good. I'll have to check that out. Because Brie and I are that that's that's our speed too. We liked like the one season, eight episode things because it's like, you know, right now we're going through Shit's Creek and we, we're loving it. Don't get me wrong, but it takes us a long time to watch something like that just because even though they're 20 something minute episodes, there's a lot of them. So. Right. Yeah. Are you watching anything other than Shit's Creek? <clears throat> so I put it up on, on the Worth of the Instagram, but the other day, so I've been, tr- I've been. I talked last episode about how I've been having good luck with my movie picks for my wife and I lately, and it's earned each one has earned me another pick. 
And <clears throat> probably a month or two ago, I had her watch Inside Man, the Spike Lee film with Denzel Washington and Clive Owen. She loved it. And so the funny thing is what made me think of that is there's another movie podcast with uh, Shea Serrano, who's one of my favorite writers, and uh, and Jason Concepcion, who's another one of my favorite writers. And uh, they did this podcast called The Connect, which I don't need to tell you about those two. They're very successful. But the, this one episode did Inside Man versus Inside Man connected to Training Day. And I told, and it's Denzel Washington movies where he's kind of like a tough guy and whatever. So I told Brie about it and I've been saying, we got to watch Training Day. We got to watch Training Day, but I don't want to force it. Cause I was like, if I like make her watch it, she's not going to be open to it and she's not going to give it a shot. So the other day she was open to it and we watched it and she went into it and she said, she really liked Inside Man. I think I said that. And she was like, you know, I'm not going to like it as much as Inside Man, but blah, blah, blah. She loved it. It was, and it was awesome. Cause she, I love training day. I remember when I saw it in theaters, I remember so many, it's like a big movie for me <clears throat> and we watched it. What's today? Today's Wednesday. So we watched it Monday night and she woke up yesterday morning. So she woke up Tuesday morning, like talking about it. Like we watched, we watched it Monday night and she woke up the next day. Like, wait, so when this happened, it was like, it, like it really stuck with her. So it was, it was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Love when that happens. <laughs> So I think I've earned myself one more movie pick at least. I got to be careful though, because I got a good streak going now. Oh, we also watched, you know what I watched again? Brie watched it with me for the first time in years is Born Identity. Oh, man, I haven't seen the movie since the losing <clears throat> days, actually. Yeah, so we rewatched that. And that was, that was a, that was a, it's a fun rewatch. It's, it's a good movie. So I never, <clears throat> I watched, I, I watched the Damon once, but I never watched the Jeremy Renner version. Like, I didn't either. Of it. Yeah, I didn't either. And I don't think you're, don't think you're missing anything, but. <laughs> From what I from what I've heard, I, I haven't right. seen it, but I also heard the one where he came back, where Matt Damon came back, isn't that good either? So right, I, I heard the same thing. But you know, Train Day though is a film I haven't seen in a long time, so at some point I should revisit that. It's been a while since I've watched that yeah. or Inside Man. Dude, it's so Training Day is so good, and um, I, I you rewatch it, and then if you have it in you to watch it again when it's fresh in your mind. There are all these things that Alonzo, Denzel Washington character, is doing. Like he's playing everyone like a fiddle the whole time. And you don't, it, but if you watch it again while it's fresh in your mind, you start picking up these little things. You're like, oh my God, that son of a. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. But anyway, today uh, you guys heard the trailer and you maybe you picked it up from our quotes. But this week is my pick. We're officially past the Christmas season and past the Christmas movie season. So. We're going to be watching it, or we're going to be talking about the movie Mystery Alaska, um, which is a you know a classic for me, or not a classic, but a movie I really like, 1999. And what we're going to be drinking is I had one of these beers. I shared a picture on the Instagram, um, but I had one of these beers with uh, dinner, and then I'm having one now. So the one I had with dinner is from Winter Hill Brewing Company, and it's North American Haircut. And it doesn't come across in the description. I kind of wish they called it like hockey hair or something like that. But if you see on the can, it's like a it's like a hockey player and then a hockey and then a girl hockey player, both with some some great hockey hair. And then the other one that I'm drinking right now is Back Check IPA from Smutty Nose uh, Brewing. So both really good. Um, and yeah, we're gonna be talking about Training Day, which I mean, not Training Day, Mystery Alaska and. I picked it just because I, you know, obviously I love hockey and I think it's, this is an underrated hockey movie and underrated sports movie. And 
with everything going on, the NHL starting up again soon, hopefully, fingers crossed. And uh, World Juniors are going on right now, which is big for me and some diehard hockey fans. It just kind of seemed like the right time. So what is your memory? You, oh, you hadn't seen this, right? Right. So my only memory of this is working at Movie Scene. I would always see the cover. And I'm pretty sure I saw it as your pick more than once. Yeah. Uh, this was my first time actually seeing this film. I um I almost sent you a picture when I grabbed the DVD off my shelf to to watch it, Joe. Um, it was like I got like a tear in my eye because I took the DVD out and it had the the ring around the center movie scene. I was like, oh wow, that and and even if in the picture you can see if you're looking for it in the picture I put up of the DVD case on DVD case on Instagram, you can see in the lower left hand corner where it would have said like action com action oh, adventure or should, comedy you should post that when you post this uh the one of this episodes up and you make your post you should make that as one of the yeah pictures the movie okay. scene ring in the middle well <laughs> so i said i said movie scene but it's actually the sticker from the older company oh okay video video update that became movie that's scene, even but, better <laughs> yeah 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 so so your memory is is, is just pretty much today and in, in the movie scene um mine is when i was a little kid i loved the Mighty Ducks movies, obviously, they came. I think the first one came out when I was like five. So, and I still like them. To be honest, it's a different, different, you know, type of thing. It's more nostalgia and everything. But there aren't a lot of hockey movies. Um, so this was kind of the next one for me, which sounds crazy, but it's more adult than uh, Mighty Ducks, obviously. But it has Russell Crowe in it, which I really like, and it did a way better job. Of uh, this is the first movie of my life that I think. I mean, Slapshot did okay, but that did a good job of capturing the actual gameplay of hockey. Cause if you go back and watch my, that's the one thing is if you go back and watch mighty ducks now, or even if I probably went back and watched it when I was 12, once I had played any organized hockey at all, it's tough to watch <clears throat> for the hockey play, but this one's pretty good to some exceptions. Um, but so I remember really liking it and yeah. So uh, that's pretty much my memory. Do you have any, and then, yeah, I made it my employee pick and movie scene at least. Well, I'm sure I'm, I'm pretty sure multiple yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so do you have any stats as far as how the movie did financially? So Mystery Alaska came out on October 1st, 1999, had a budget of $28 million, making only $8.9 million in the box office. It was written by David E. Kelly, who is known for TV now above all else, and Sean O. Um, I think his name is Sean O'Brien. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, and it was directed by Jay Roach, who directed all the awesome Powers films, amongst other well comedies and dramas, which... His most recent film is actually Bombshell, coming out last year. But seeing him attached to the Austin Powers films explains the brief appearance by Mike Myers in this film, especially since yes. they came out the same year. So yep. <laughs> oh, that was pretty funny. But yeah, so financially, didn't do that great. But and what did you say it cost to make again? Twenty-eight million, and it only made eight point nine. That's surprising that it only cost 20. Well, no, I guess it's not because that kind of gets into one of my, I don't know if I made a note of this, so I'm just going to mention it now. One of the things I didn't like about this film was it felt like some of the casting was like forced. Like, I don't necessarily know that Burt Reynolds had to be in this. Um, not that I have a problem with Burt Reynolds. It just seemed like, it seemed like a stretch of like, oh, we need a bigger name. Yeah. So let's just grab someone, but <clears throat> we can get into that, into that later. So, I, so yeah. Um, but looking critical. online though this film does seem like on farms though it does seem to be like people who love hockey love this film so it's like yeah. it's like it's a very niche film with a very niche audience yeah and there's a reason for that that I'll get into in, in a little bit but um, 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And and part of it is that there's not a lot of hockey films that so it's it's which is kind of understandable because it's a very hard sport to film in a way that looks realistic. Like movies like football and baseball, like football is easy because even realistically football, you go, all right, Joe, you run 20 yards down, take a left and you everyone can just it's it's almost like you know, scripted out in reality. So it's a lot easier to film. And then baseball, it's just a matter of hitting. And so it's a lot, a lot easier to, but hockey's tough. So um, critically, um, at least on IMDb and online and stuff, it's a 6.7 out of 10 on, on IMDb, which that's about what I would have expected. I think that's, I, that didn't shock me. It's a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, which that seemed kind of low um, <clears throat> to me, but whatever the people have spoken. And then 2.5 stars from Roger Ebert. So that, again, that didn't surprise me either. That That's probably about what I would have guessed from Ebert. So um, nothing. The, the humor is definitely like a little raunchy at times too, for sure. So like that's definitely not the, that Roger Ebert doesn't love the raunchy humor. No. You can tell about it. So it's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that didn't, that didn't surprise me. And Roger Ebert actually has a quote, which I'm going to bring up later that um, when I was trying to think of how I felt about the film, reading Roger Ebert's quote, I was like, yeah, I, I would agree with that. So <clears throat> other things going on in the world at that time in October of 99, um, pretty good month for film. So some other movies that came out in, in that month, Fight Club, which is a highly debated movie on this, on this podcast, because I think we're both in agreement that it's a pretty good movie, but it's the most overrated movie in the world. That was like the, uh, <clears throat> The Scarface poster for my generation. Everyone had a Fight right. Club poster in their dorms, their yep. rooms, or whatever. Exactly, which is a shame because I would love to live in a world. I would love to like wipe my brain clean and just watch that movie. And I and I've seen the movie a million times, but watch it and allow myself to really form an opinion without being without the anger that comes with you know all those <laughs> people that had the poster in there. Yeah. So Fight Fight Club came out. Drive Me Crazy with Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian yes. Grenier from Entourage. <laughs> Um, being John Malkovich, The Insider, another Russell Crowe film, Superstar with Molly Shannon, and Toy Story 2. So that's a pretty yeah, good month. It's a good month. Yeah. Toy Story 2 and being John Malkovich are so, are so good. Yeah. <laughs> My two yeah, favorites. And even, and even like, say what you will about Fight Club, but that's a big movie too for, you know, for, oh, that all of those came on a month. So, and then outside of film, I think it's only fair that we start with some hockey news. The Edmonton Oilers retired Gretzky's number 99 uh, in a game against New York Rangers. Um, Ray Bork became Boston guy. Well, not a Montreal guy, but Boston player became the highest scoring NHL defenseman in the highest scoring defenseman in NHL history with his 386 goal. Um, and then in baseball, this is huge. Uh, Mark McGuire hits home run uh, number 65 and Faith Hill releases the song breathe share releases the song believe and the Yankees beat Atlanta to win the World Series, which we don't have to talk about that that much. So, good month. <clears throat> so, do you have a back of the DVD summary on that? I do. Um, comical tale about the residents of a small, remote Alaskan town and their preoccupation with ice hockey. Excitement comes to the town when, as part of a publicity stunt, the professional stars of the New York Rangers come to Alaska to face off against the local amateur team in a televised match. Small town intrigues and petty rivalries must be shelved, and the if the locals are to put up a respectable defense. So that that summarizes it pretty well. Um, it does. I, I really do like. I, w- I wish it kind of 
talked a little bit, like even as a mention of their personal lives and how this isn't, this is a thing they love and they don't get paid for. So like, cause they, it's like, it's a, it's a, a passion they have, which I wish they mentioned the word passion somewhere on this. So one of my, I know I don't have this written down later on, so I'll mention it now. One of my favorite slash least favorite scenes in the film is the courtroom scene where um, Pruitt, spoiler alert, if anyone hasn't seen this movie, the lawyer, uh, Bailey Pruitt, he ends up having a heart attack. But And that, I think, is horrible. It just seemed very cheesy and fake to me. But what you just said, the line right before that, like a, literally 30 seconds before that, he's comparing the Mystery Alaska guys com- against the professionals and he says you know because they have one of them they have a tree in the room and he's like he plays the game because he loves the game and you know and and that's it he doesn't get paid he doesn't whatever and i it was a it was a high and low for me it was like when he said that line i was like that's awesome i forgot about that and then the his death right after that i was like all right that's kind of a little (laughs) a little forced but but no no that's i'm glad you brought that up um so some of the bigger stars going into, going into the film. So I only did one actor, which I'm sure you can guess who it, who it is. And then I actually wanted to talk about David E. Kelly, who you mentioned, who was the writer producer, and then Jay Roach, who was the director. Um, and the only, the only reason I did one actor is other than Russell Crowe, there's a lot of <clears throat> smaller roles and some of them are great, but there's no one that really stood out to me other than Russell Crowe. So Russell Crowe is obviously known before this but he's definitely still on the rise um looking through his his wikipedia this is the the first film that i recognize is the quick and the dead from 95 um that year he also had virtuosity with denzel and a couple other ones but in 97 he he had la confidential and then this is his run from 99 to 2005 he had some other ones but here are some some you know ones worth pointing out so mystery alaska the insider gladiator proof of life Beautiful Mind, Master and Commander, which I really like that movie, and then Cinderella Man, which I know we both, yeah, we both, we both love that one. So that's a pretty crazy run from '99. Yeah, absolutely. And it shows like how diverse his acting is. Like I think he's, despite his behavior with paparazzi, or whatever in the past, he is. I still think one of the best actors who, in my lifetime, I've I've seen make movies over and over again. He's so good. And I kind of like his behavior with paparazzi. Like, Me too. No, I'm not going against it. I do too. <laughs> yeah. I remember when he, um, oh my God, uh, when Sean Penn's brother, was it when Sean Penn's brother passed away? I believe so. And it yep. was him and Mark Ruffalo. It was when Chris Penn passed away, I think. And him and Mark Ruffalo, the paparazzi went to the funeral and they like stormed it. Him and Mark Ruffalo basically were like, I'm going to, I'm going to go beat the crap out of a paparazzi. And it's like, good for you, dude. Cause if you're, if you're sneaking in or not sneaking in, but if you're paparazziing someone's funeral, it's like, yeah. there is nothing sacred, Talk but low. <clears throat> right. So, so yeah, quite, this is not the beginning of Russell Crowe in America. At least he had some films in Australia before this, which by the way, bonus points for an Australian doing a, an ice hockey movie. Who would have seen that coming? But um, so he had some other movies before, 95 but in 95 in the quick and the dead and then really like 97 98 is the kind of the start of the big rise of of uh russell crowe director uh jay roach you kind of touched on this already he did blown away which we'll definitely be doing in the future because that is a boston movie and it's 
it's uh good because it's so bad in some ways and but it's an it's an entertaining like 90s action movie and then like you said he had the austin powers trilogy he had meet the parents in 2000 meet the, meet the fockers dinner dinner for schmucks or dinner with the schmucks what was that one called yeah dinner i think it was a dinner <clears throat> for, it was dinner with the schmucks i think was that steve carell yeah 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 and he had some other ones just like a solid pretty steady career nothing amazing but i mean the austin powers movies are pretty good and the meet the parents films too so and bombshell as of recent got it didn't win anything but it had some early nomination talk because it was that's the, the uh, fox news how they treated oh. the female reporters i believe okay so right. that got some uh yeah publicity for sure good to know good worth checking out um and then david e kelly writer producer so huge hockey guy um grew up in waterville maine his dad is actually in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. His dad coached at Colby College, BU, and then in the WHA World Hockey Association. Oh, cool. Um, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And then David himself was actually the captain of the Princeton hockey team, graduated in 79. And when I read that, that really explains a lot of the good writing in the film, like the locker room banter, the the talk in between intermission. It, as someone who's been in hockey locker rooms, it it. I was like, that's good. Like the, you don't see that in a lot of movies, hockey movies. And so when I read that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then, like you said, other than the film, he has a few films, but a lot of TV writing, LA Law, Picket Fences, Chicago Hope, The Practice, Ally McBeal, Boston Public, Boston Legal, film work, not so good. He has this, and then he has Lake Placid and a couple others, but mainly a, mainly a, a TV guy or more successful in TV, I'd say. We're definitely watching Lake Placid at some point, by the way. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. It'll be the second David. He's David Kelly's like, I did four films and you guys talked about two of them. What are the odds of that? You're the only people that have talked about any of my films. Um, do you have anything down for uh, more, you know, like random facts? I have two things. So first off, the entire New York Rangers roster is fictional. Many players in the actual Rangers roster at the time refused to be in the film, which they're crazy. Second, Russell Crowe's character, John Beebe, was number 10 and his team captain in the game against the New York Rangers. Crowe said Ron Francis inspired him to wear number 10 in the film after they met. Francis wore number 10 during, the, during his NHL career and captained the Hartford Whalers and Carolina Hurricanes and Pittsburgh Penguins. So, yep. love respect there. He's a there. legend. He's yep. a legend. Yeah, no, I, I had pretty much the same thing. A um, few hockey ones. I didn't have a ton of casting possibilities wherever i just had a few ones um the first one that my quote at the beginning of the podcast was from mike myers cast uh character donnie schulz offer who pretty much everyone agrees first of all mike myers is a huge hockey fan canadian guy and a huge hockey fan and everyone agrees that that character is based on don cherry just with his like rough around the edges and don cherry's come into some he hasn't had a good couple of years. He got kicked off a of hockey night in Canada and everything, but he was a car or he is a character and, and it's hard to watch that Mike Myers doing that role and not think this guy's clearly based on Don Cherry. Um, the other thing I have is one of two 1999 movies with mystery in the title, which Hank Azaria appears. Do you know what the other one was? All I can think of in that uh, for the titles is mystery men. <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay. It. Yeah. Yep. That so, movie was ridiculous. <laughs> I saw that in theaters too. I remember seeing I that. I did too. <laughs> yeah. That would be one worth 
I would, I would, I could, I couldn't tell you what that movie was. I mean, I know what that movie was about, like loosely, but, and I remember that Dane Cook was in it. And it was like before Dane Cook was Dane Cook. So that's all I remember. <clears throat> I don't remember a whole lot about that other than them recruiting superheroes, basically. Like yeah. the tri- all I remember is the trial sequence for that, but that would be yeah. fun to revisit and be like, well, this movie sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do do you have anything? Uh, I know we kind of talked about it before going to the podcast, but for not in the not in the millennium, things that wouldn't fly in today's environment. I think you had some more things for this, yeah. so I'll yeah. do take over. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious. Locker room talk now. Is it as rough on the edges? <laughs> yeah. So it's okay. Well, so well, well, it depends on what we're categorizing. So <laughs> there's two things that I I picked out that I that really rubbed me the wrong way or that would be tough. So one was there was a, a homophobic line and then there was some kind of like racist stuff too, mostly aimed at uh, the Inuits, like the, the native American or native Canadian um, uh, players. And so, but instead of talking about that and getting too negative, it immediately, there's been two groups in the hockey world that have, that this, you can kind of tie this to. The first one is, um, uh, you can play project which i don't know if anyone remembers if if you're a hockey fan but there are these commercials that the nhl runs where it's basically a bunch of star players and the whole and it's just they'll say it'll be like Sidney crosby and he'll say if you can play you can play and what the group is aimed at is helping uh lgbtq athletes um come up and they're basically saying like listen if you if you're a good player i don't care if you're gay straight you know black, white, whatever. And it was actually launched by uh, Brian Burke, who's a legend in the hockey uh, universe. And he, he had a, a son who was, who was gay and he passed away actually in a car accident, which is really sad. But uh, Brian Burke, who it's funny, if you looked at him, he looks like he's just like this big, you know, super well-dressed, but like kind of like firm guy. And he, he did, he made a lot of progress and he, he marched in one of the gay parades, one of the big gay parades, in America. I don't remember which one it was, but kind of for his son. And um, he's done a lot of work with that. So that's a good one. So if, if you guys want to go to the website, the, the website is you can play project.org. So you can, I'm sure donate <clears throat> um, probably buy some merch that goes to help the cause and everything. And then the other one um, regarding the, the, the racial stuff is there's something that just popped up recently with some current players called uh, the hockey diversity Alliance. Um, and, Obviously, it's, you know, whether or not what you believe the cause of it to be. And there's a bunch of them, but hockey's a pretty white sport. And so they're trying to some some uh, higher profile current professionals and some former professionals and just good people in general are trying to change that. And so if you go to HockeyDiversityAlliance.org, you can I know you can donate. I know they do sell merch and that goes to um, basically getting hot, getting it so everyone can play hockey, whether it's kids who don't have the money or kids who just do due to different reasons are having a harder time. So I figured instead of focusing on the two ignorant things that are said in the film, if there's a positive yeah, that we can turn it into, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and you had talked about locker room talk, which I'm going to talk about in a second. No, but... I, 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 I just, just kind of <laughs> like that, like whole, like almost like a Vegas mentality, whatever it says, what's said in the locker room stays in the locker room, like yes. that mentality of the whole yes. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to talk about that in a second, but what was your favorite scene in the film? So my favorite scene, well, I'm going to start by saying, not my favorite, but a shout out goes to all the locker room scenes, actually. 
I love the chemistry between the players and the things that they were dealing with that wasn't usually brought outside the locker room. There was a couple instances where and they got they got uh, taken care of for when they spoke out, out outside the locker room. Um, there weren't always good things, but the team was super loyal to each other, and you got the sense that the you got the sense of that from these locker room scenes. Um, but I love the final act, the big hockey game. It's an yeah. awesome payoff, and it really is a whole act dedicated to hockey. Yeah. So that alone was an awesome payoff. Yep. No, no, that's cool. And to kind of piggyback on what you said, <clears throat> I love the, the locker room scenes were more of my favorite scenes, specifically the first one um, with guys sharing stories, even though some of them are, are, are inappropriate and just kind of, you know, breaking each other's balls and stuff. And, and, and that is the best part of hockey. I still play hockey and it's mostly because I, I and it's, it's, it is because I love playing hockey, but you know, in normal times, it is not COVID. If my game's at nine o'clock, I get to the rink at like eight, eight fifteen, and a lot of it is to just hang out. And it doesn't take me forty-five minutes to put my pads on. It's to hang on the locker room and just like shoot the shit with your friends and and whatever. And when I read that uh, the writer David E. Kelly was a hockey player, that made the locker room scenes make so much more sense because I was like, that is what it's like. That's exactly what it's like. And um, I also loved um, uh, the scene, <laughs> the scene where in between periods where the, I think it was when they're after the second period. So when they're now down and the players are just yelling random stuff, that's such a true hockey thing. We're just, they, they come in and they're all down and they're just blurting out like random phrases, like let's go boys, let's go boys. And like, none of it means anything. It's just, but so I, I love the locker room scenes. They, they were my, they're my favorite. And then other little scenes that I liked uh, during the big game when the Rangers came out and the crowd pulls out the newspapers and they just started reading the newspapers like they were totally unimpressed by the Rangers. I love that. I love that scene. Yeah. And, and and even though it was cheesy, I loved um, it's very cheesy. So fair warning. But I did love the end when they put the game puck on Pruitt's grave. Um, I thought that was pretty cool considering he got the game. He made it so the game could happen. So um do you have anything written down for the soundtrack i have it's it's so at first i thought the soundtrack really didn't fit with the film at but as the film progressed and the score i played i started really digging the scenes and how the music set up those scenes and of course hearing the pogues is never a bad thing yes i had that too and that's one thing i totally didn't remember obviously um yeah i agree with you i think i think for most of the film the soundtrack's just kind of like it's there, but it's not, it's not like hurting the film to me, but it's not doing anything, but I love that. And I also loved, um, uh, anytime I can hear, I want to drive the Zamboni. That that's a, that's a good day for me. So all in all, the soundtrack was pretty mediocre, but it had a couple high points. Um, what did you have down for, if you could change one thing? So there were a lot of personal, personal uh, relationship problems happening between some of the characters instead of focusing on some of those, I really wish we got more scenes with the group of guys together. Maybe more scenes of how they act as a group and maybe not when they're just in the locker room. It'd be kind of fun seeing how they act outside the locker room with each other, if they're like a little more tame or if they're how they act. Um, I do, with that said though, I do like how we see the characters living their everyday lives though. We have the sheriff, we have grocery, someone works at a grocery store, we have all these different jobs. So it's like, it does a good job separating their characters and their hockey life, but I do wish we got to see more of them together because they were awesome as a group. I have 
almost the same thing. So I mentioned when we talked about Roger Ebert's review that I was going to bring up a quote that he had in his review, a quote that he had like later on. And this is a quote from his review of Mystery Alaska. He says, this is not a bad movie so much as a meandering one, lacking in dramatic tension because no one really turns out to be a villain. And exactly what you just said, Joe, this movie was very close to being an amazing sports film. It needed to, to trim a lot of fat and, and add some tension between the right people. And the way that I would have done that is I don't need to know about Colomini's character's wife and how she's cheating on him with the skank character. Uh, I don't need to know about how Russell Crowe's wife is kind of flirting with her, her high school ex-boyfriend, Hank Azaria, who I'm a huge, Hank, oh, I'm not a huge Hank Azaria fan, but I'm a Hank Azaria fan. In this film, I was like, I, I didn't care for him. I got the role. I got the point of the role and stuff, but I, I could have done without him. But those two storylines and like the personal drama, I don't think they really did anything for the movie. And it took up a ton of time. So if you take those out and then I was thinking, nothing ever, some... nothing ever came out of him either. <clears throat> right. Like, you know, like the, uh, the, what was he? The mayor didn't break up with his wife there that nothing happened. Nothing happened between Hank, um, between Russell Crowe's character and his wife. So it's like, Nothing ever like escalated to a point where it was actual drama. It was, it was, it was all written yeah. off so fast. So someone right. was like, it was. Yeah. And then I was mad at, like, I was mad at the mayor and I was mad at Russell Crowe. I wanted Russell Crowe to punch Hank Azaria <laughs> and I wanted Colomini's character, the mayor, to, to like beat the crap out of Skank or like do something to him. I don't know. Yeah. It was, it, it, so if you take those out and then you added in some footage, I was thinking if you did footage of like the Rangers players, the fake Rangers players, like the, the actors being interviewed and saying like, Oh, I don't want to waste my time with like playing a bunch of small town Alaskans. Like they're not worth my time, blah, blah, blah. And then make me hate the Rangers. Yes. Yeah. That would make, that would be time way better spent than like these affairs. Absolutely. I honestly thought, <laughs> like I said, that's what, this is my first time seeing this. And I honestly thought the lawyer was going to be having a bigger role later on when we was first introduced because he's so negative towards the town. Um, and then that's the only thing we get because he was probably the closest thing to a bagger that we got actually got was that right. lawyer. Right. Yeah. No. And then a uh, small nitpick, um, the sports choreography, if that's a thing, the, the hockey gameplay was great with one exception is the goaltending. It was so bad. Like the, especially the mystery Alaska team, it looked like, and a lot of the guys on a, a lot of the actors were, were hockey players growing up. And so they were pulling off like the, the skating, and then there were like the guy, the goalie for Mystery Alaska, which should be the easiest position to <laughs> to fake because it's got a mask on. So just put a real goalie in that. And he looked horrible. And then the other thing is I could have done without the the random. This goes with the Burt Reynolds thing, the random Little Richard stuff. Like I was like, it just felt like, why is this? Why is this in this in this movie? Yeah, I agree. So those, like, I was actually going to mention that once you mentioned it earlier, I just, I ended up skipping over it, but there are a lot of Forrest, um, acting gigs in this movie for sure. Almost like as like a, hopefully this movie sells because of these actors or musicians or whatever. But I think that's, I think that's exactly, exactly what it was. Yeah. The one, the one guy I didn't mention, um, who I thought was awesome was Kevin Durand who plays tree and he, and he, he's turned into like a nice little career. He's, he's had some other films and stuff, but he was probably my favorite, my favorite cast member other than like obviously Russell Crowe is the main character. So he's, you know, and he's Russell Crowe, but so Kevin Durant who ended up being in Austin powers, he was in this, he was in like smoke and aces and three ten to Yuma. He turned it into 
a pretty good career. Robin Hood, the, the latest Robin Hood. Um, so he turned, this is his, his first two movies are Austin Powers and then this. And then it's funny how he has, he, he was working with that director twice and then he worked with Russell Crowe twice during those movies you just mentioned. So yeah. And, and he's, and he's got like a, you know, he's a, he's kind of like a distinct look. He's like a big dude and he, good for him. He turned it into a career. So um, I think that's pretty much it as far as all the, all the categories. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know, we rate films on a scale of one to five. Would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie? So score of one is you get five minutes in, you turn it off because you're like, I'm done. I'm just going to return it. I want to pay a late fee on this all the way up to a score of five, which is you're going to keep it for a few extra days. So you can show your friends, maybe even just buy it from the, from the video rental store. So you don't have to bring it back. Um, so it was my pick. So that means Joe's going to give us his score for score first. And Joe, what did you, what did you think about Mr. Alaska? I actually, this one caught me by surprise. I was enjoying it from the very beginning, and I definitely liked the group of guys that we get to um, view through their like locker room banter or whatever. Just they're a nice lower group of friends. It's an underdog story that, while it ends with them losing, shows that they did have the heart that was needed to beat them, coming literally inches short. While I do think there was more focus on the relationship drama between certain characters than there had to be. Um, the build up to the final game was great and the pay was even better. I actually get this movie a 3.5 and I, th- I thought I was going to be going to this. I thought it was going to be like a boring dragon, but I end up really liking it. It's very underrated, right? Like it is. For, considering when people talk about sports movies, they never bring this up and it's like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is, you know, whatever you think the best sports movie is ever. I'm not saying it's the natural or raging bull or whatever, but it's a really good, it's a really entertaining film. So I, I think we're pretty similar. One it thing I, ha- I have to mention is because Joe has, we're doing this through Zoom and uh, Joe has like a, like scenes from the, from the film playing in the background. And it made me mention, made me think to mention two things. A, the, the shots of the guys like skating the river um, or even just the mountains of, of, it's supposed to be Alaska. I think it was actually filmed in Alberta, but it's beautiful. Like the scenery is beautiful. And then the other thing as a hockey guy that I loved is the old school equipment, like Russell Crowe with like the Jofa helmet and, and these guys wearing like, like Cooper pads and whatever. That's one thing that um, dates this movie like crazy. If you know hockey pads is this movie was made 20 to what, 22 years ago ish. And it might as well, it fe- some of it feels like it was made 50 years ago with some of the pads and stuff like that, but, but it's, it's, it's funny. So I gotta say though, like you said, this movie was, this movie could have been really like, it's, I loved it, but it could have been great. If like the drama stuff wasn't such a big part of it, cause it really was a huge yeah. part of the movie. And like it lingered on th- from start to finish. If they got rid of that stuff, man, it's going to be great. <laughs> that, no, that's exactly what I said. It. So I, I agree with you. So I, I wrote this movie is far from perfect. And rewatching it, one of the things that was frustrating was the edits that could have been that could have brought it from a good movie to a great one were, were very obvious. And like I said earlier, cut out the the marriage troubles, add in more of the of a rivalry rivalry with the Rangers. Um, also, some of the casting, like Burt Reynolds, Little Richard, seem very forced. I get, and and this is, it's frustrating to me when my very untrained eye can pick out some obvious flaws like. In, in a film, you know, I didn't go to school for it. I don't whatever, but if you watch this movie and then you just imagine no infidelity stuff, let put up sports center. They put up sports center clips. Like they put up the Barry Melrose clip, whatever, have that same scene, 
of Barry Melrose saying this is a joke and then have a scene of the fake captain of the Rangers saying like, I don't want to go to Alaska to play a bunch of scrubs from Alaska. And then like you start to hate them and then I don't know, it would have been a lot better, but I agree with you. So um, that said, I, like you said, I still enjoy this one a lot. I'm a sucker for hockey, I'm a sucker for hockey films. I like Russell Crowe, Mike Myers, Don Cherry esque character crack me up. And I also gave it a 3.5 out of five. I really, really enjoyed watching it. it it had been a while since i'd seen it but i think it's a a very underrated sports movie it is so. and it's, it really is like a love letter to hockey so it's and you like it's like you know hockey way better than i do but like the little things that i do pick up on i noticed that like and it is like you have you have actual fans who are passionate about the sport coming into act like you said mike myers has like a cameo yeah you have these guys who've actually skated in the past and it's it really is one giant love letter, especially from David Kelly's as big of a fan as he is. And it's such a cool concept for a film that like there are these, you could do a similar thing with like, say you did a baseball movie, right? And say you went to like this little town in like the Dominican Republic or something where like there are these kids because like there are the, or, or you did this movie again, except instead of in Alaska, it was in like Russia or something. There's this town in Russia or you could do it for pretty much any country with with soccer. You could do Brazil or whatever with soccer. Just the idea that there are these normal, like life people who you know one guy's a mailman, one guy's a mayor, or one guy's a cop, and that they're capable of competing with the best in the world. That's such a great idea for a for a film, however realistic or unrealistic you may think it is. So it's awesome, and then but like we said, it's equally almost frustrating that they just barely missed it like they just they threw in the stuff that and i would be curious as to if i wonder if you could talk to the director if that was in the original script for one or if that was something that like production or the company was like no no no, we need more we need more um like stuff to draw like drama you know we need more non-hockey drama and that's the thing too, because like this runtime was two hours, so like they could right. have easily scrap some of that out and have like a really decent nine-minute runtime for their film. They could have they could have taken out one of the two. They could have just done the Russell Crow uh, Russell Crowe's wife and her ex-boyfriend, and leave out the mayor and Skank stuff. And if you guys haven't seen the movie, the guy's name in the film is skank or his nickname is skank i'm not i'm not calling anyone (laughs) i'm not calling anyone that even the boyfriend girlfriend like you know like the whole like the uh judge's daughter that whole sequence like that's like it's just like there's a lot going on with so many different characters yeah i got that a little bit because i think they were just trying to show how young he was and how but yeah they they could have trimmed they could have cut that in half the The whole truck sequence yeah like that whole uh, (laughs) right so no, but yeah, all in all, it sounds like we didn't like it, but I, I really, I really like watching this movie again. It's just, I do. I wish, I wish that you could go back in time. And I think us talking about all the negatives right now though, shows how much we do like it because it's like how close we were to a great, great film. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what it was. It wasn't like, yeah, exactly. So, um, and then the other thing is the two beers. So pumped that I found two appropriate hockey beers. Um, Winter Hill, uh, the, the haircut from Winter Hill, so the beer is called North American Haircut Pilsner. And the only problem I have with it is that they missed the opportunity. They should have called it like North America or like hockey hair or something like that. But other than that, I really like it. It's a Pilsner. So if you, if you like Pilsners, it's good. Um, and then back check IPA. I love IPAs. I've talked about that on other episodes. This is really good too. So win-win for the, for the beer selection. And then uh, 
I think that's it. Other than that, follow us on Instagram. Uh, suggestions always welcome. Feel free to send us a message and cut in front of Joe. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. It's Joe's pick, and I have no idea what Joe's going to pick. So that I, we didn't talk. Normally, I, I have an idea of at least he's narrowed it down to two or three. I have absolutely no idea what Joe's going to pick. So, what are we watching next week, Joe? All right. So, there's a story of why I'm picking this. And I'll get into that next week. But I'm picking Captain America, not the new one with Chris Evans, the 1990 Captain America. So, the original. (laughs) I figured with America, they're taking this uh, turn of 2021, we're going to get into the original Marvel superhero. So, (laughs) I have an honest question. Where can I watch that movie? That's a good question. I'll I'll, uh, get you my DVD because that's all I have. I don't think it ever came out. I don't think it'll be on DVD. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because I'm like, I. All right, all right. I guess I'm, I guess I'm watching Captain America. I'm Captain so America. excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Lucky you. All right. When well, you didn't ask me about this, I was like, I was kind of excited about. It. I was like, should I change this to something even worse? But I was like, this is gonna be bad. I need, <laughs> we need a good bad film. I think so. All right. Well, I think you found one, so that's good. But uh, thank you guys very much for listening and and for allowing me to satisfy and my my need for some hockey talk and hockey films. And uh, we'll be back next week with Captain America. Thanks, guys. Yes. As always, guys, thank you.